Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, Rod, we are here later in the evening. Uh, I had a I had a family dinner that I had to attend to after the Niners game. So thanks to for you to uh, for staying up, and uh, we'll talk about this for Niners Arizona Cardinals game. Now I would have been really bummed out if the game was like really close at the end, and we you know we had this big play, win or lose, and then we got to wait like five hours to to come and mm-hmm. chat. But the Niners pretty much took care of business. There was a little bit of a a scare there in the third quarter, I would say, late second or uh, and throughout the third. But they put the Cardinals away uh, 35-16. And so they did what they needed to do to set up this giant Sunday night game with uh, the Cowboys. But we'll, we'll talk about this Cowboys game in, in a little bit later in the show. But overall... Not too many complaints in a 35 to 16 game, though. I think, again, if you're going to be critical about the team, maybe a little frustration with some of the secondary. Um, the, uh, the the kid from Stanford w- w- was was able to go off a little bit, and Josh Dobbs, you got to give it to him. That dude was feeling the pressure and hanging in there. There were a couple throws that he probably uh, threw a little too early or whatever, but. Uh, I thought the Cardinals played pretty well. There's just a, a, a big talent discrepancy between the two teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it, the Cardinals are a scrappy little team. And um, yeah. yeah um, and Josh Dobbs did a, a, a good job, especially early of negating our pressure um, with his, Mobility. I mean, he he is a, a really good athlete, and um, he's a, a a a nice little player, a nice player yeah. for him. And, you know, and he spent all that time. In, I know he spent all that time in Pittsburgh, and I know he was somewhere else last year. But um, he's just never really gotten an opportunity to play. But um, he's he's been really good. Um, all four weeks, I I noticed that watching the um, I just I. I only watch you know, like they have these condensed version of games yeah, yeah. on NFL Plus, and I'll go back and watch two or three of the our our upcoming opponents' games like that. So I didn't watch whole, you know, whatever the condensed thing is. But yeah, he looks good. Um, and you know, but the 49ers, they did an excellent job of making adjustments. Like the first one that I noticed, and uh, the cool thing about coming on so late is I could go back and kind of <laughs> rewatch the game and kind of, you know, pick out things in a way that when we go right after I wasn't able, I'm not able to. So I end up watching like later on in the week, but <clears throat> it was clear early that um, our guy Oliver, um, that was one of the first adjustments they made is moving demo demo inside and getting my man off the field because 
he um like you say Michael Wilson in the slot was just a problem for um Isaiah Oliver. I don't know if it was just a bad matchup or what, but um that was not working. Um and then we there was a couple there was that one he on his touchdown. I don't know if it was a miscommunication. I don't know if Huff was late or if um Thomas was supposed to go with him, but he bailed out. You yes. know, man just kind of walked walk, ran behind him and Huff wasn't there in time. So I don't know. I don't know enough about coverage to know who did what um to to kind of assign any kind of blame. But yeah, he they, they had... were concerned, very concerned with that underneath receiver on the play you're talking about. And Wilson just snuck through it almost unnoticed. And I don't I wonder if uh Dobbs, I wonder if he had some, you know, maybe the eyes kind of led them there and he just did a really good job of of making them believe that's where he wanted to throw whatever it was you know we can't see that watching the tv version Uh, i don't even know what version of the game that you could watch to see that but it definitely seemed Mm -hmm. like they thought he was going underneath and And he he they blinked before he did yeah exactly um well that that's enough um, Arizona Cardinals credit. Um, I'm going to start. I'm, I want to start at the top um, because, you know, I get so much stuff about Brock Purdy, historic performance. Yeah. Masterful. Um, 95, what, 95.2% completion rate. I mean, he was, he was the point guard today. It was really, really, um, he orchestrated perfectly was it sanchez that made that comparison of what brock's job was he called him uh at first he said i think it it may have been on the fourth down pass to kittle i'm not i don't exactly remember that pass but he goes that's like stockton to malone just basically going like that's Mm -hmm. just money like that's a money play and then later he said it may have even been in the same drive he said something to the effect of he's he's jason kidd out there he is literally just running point guard yeah, yeah, and that that has been my feeling, and I think I might have even mentioned it on a couple of shows, is that's exactly the feeling I get watching him, is he is just going where the offense, where, where it's supposed to go, putting the, getting the ball where it's supposed to be, and I don't, I'm, it, it sounds like a criticism, but it's not. It, 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 that's his job. It, he doesn't... And you, know who, and you know who's happy is his head coach who calls the plays because right. the head coach is the one who draws this stuff so that these guys are open. And that is, you know, I, I guess say it comes off as criticism, but it's just different, a different way of playing the game. The NFL today is not like it was 20 years ago. It's not Peyton Manning walking up to the, to the, um, offensive line yeah, and reading <laughs> and, and, cha- and Omaha, Omaha and doing all that. That's just not what it is. These, especially in the Shanahan offense, there are places he wants you to go with the ball and you're expected to go where the play is at. You know, it's yeah. just one read, two read. And in most cases, get rid of it because, you know, they don't really want you in the business of going back across the field, trying to, to make throws. And, Brock is doing that superbly. He's doing his job superbly. And I am just full stop. He's doing a great job. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, it, it was, you know, it was that and that ability, that point guard ability was on full display today. Did you catch any Kansas City in New York? <clears throat> yes. So I got to catch the second half of that game. And uh, Mahomes is he he is somebody who is going to create stuff where, where stuff does not exist. Like he right. is, not only is he feared because he of his ability to to put the ball wherever he needs to, as well as go distance with his throws. And so what happens is because he has that respect, a lot of stuff opens up for him and he is able to use his legs a lot because they respect his ability to improvise and to make throws on the run or to kind of set guys up and all like the only, I'm saying the only, but you know, we have Mahomes on a very high pedestal. I thought he actually, some of this is he just doesn't have the firepower that he's had in the past as far as his receivers are concerned, but also his, his where he was great tonight was in the improvisation and in the creating space and running and getting first downs. The Niners, they would rather not do that, right? Like that is, and, and I'm sure Andy Reid wouldn't either, but when they're able, because of their ability to have so many weapons in so many different places, and you heard it again today, Mark Sanchez talking about, you know, where you put chess pieces and, oh, use check. Yuschek is running an in uh, as a wide receiver. Like you don't have fullbacks doing that on other teams. You don't have fullbacks on other teams, but right. the fact that they can create so much space with, with their weaponry, you'd re- you want Brock to utilize the talent on the field. Now there, there there's going to be a game where the defensive game plan on the other team is going to confuse what the Niners do or stop what the Niners do. You saw it last week where, the Giants just blitz the hell out of Purdy. And this week, Arizona's like, no, we're not blitzing at all. We're staying home, and we're going to make him go through his reads. And he did it, like, fantastically. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a time, and maybe it is this weekend, or, or sorry, next weekend against Dallas because they have talent on the defensive side. You, I mean, they they hurt Mac Jones's feelings today. Yeah. Something crazy. And so there's going to be a game where Brock is going to – you know, face a defense that is going to to confuse him and he's going to have to, he may have to do the improvisation that Pat Mahomes did today. But the the goal is not to do that. The goal is to just go boom, boom, boom. Run the, the offense. The first drive was, to me, it was a Bill Walsh script the fifth, first 15 plays, get down the field, everything worked. And you get a touchdown, and then the defense is, is ready to play. That first drive, and the second drive was excellent too, but it was just like, we're going to go up there, and we know exactly what we're going to do. They can't stop us, and we're just going to easily score. And from those two possessions, I thought, I was like, uh-oh, this, this game might get out of hand. And you know, credit to Arizona, like you said, for being the scrappy team. But it was kind of like, it was a little bit like uh, Canelo and Charlo last night in that, you're like, eh, you know, Charles kind of hanging in there. He's, he's, you know, he, he's playing a lot of defense. You know, he's not really letting his hands go. Canelo's easily winning this fight. 
but Charlo's just not going to get knocked out. Like that's his game. Well, exactly. It, it was like the goalpost move for Charlo or the or the Cardinals in that it went from winning the fight or winning the game to just being respectable. Is how it felt to me. Yeah, and that 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 that's a, a very good analogy it, because they were scrappy and. Yeah, at one point I think they cut it to what was it, twenty-one to sixteen or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, I ne- I never got the feeling that you know the Cardinals were like threatening or anything. And then in the fourth quarter, we just kind of, you know, we, the, the, we, we the one, ran away with it. The one small feeling I had was okay. This is the first time all game long that it's been competitive and how does Shanahan attack? And he's, and his answer was the same way we've been killing these guys. And that's what mm-hmm. we're doing. We're just going to keep, keep doing what we, we were doing. And then they put another two touchdowns on there uh, fairly easily again. Yeah. And uh, you know, our guy CMC, uh, Robert Ramos keeps calling him C minus in, in the discord because the day that the 49ers traded for him, mm-hmm. the first ESPN grade that came out was that the Niners got a C minus on that trade. So he just keeps calling him C minus, which is great. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it. Shel- Shel- um, Shelvin and I were talking about it in the Discord. Like, my guy had four touchdowns. Can we try to get him a fifth touchdown? And then Shelvin said after the game, uh, hashtag Kyle said he didn't realize that that CMC had four or else he would have tried to get him the five. Like you're, you're so meticulous in your detail and you're telling me you didn't know that dude had four touchdowns already. <laughs> Do you know it's, it is an embarrassment of riches that we are 13 minutes into this podcast and we are just mentioning CMC <laughs> yeah. um, because I mean, but I, I think I, I, again, I did that purposely in a way because I get all the shit for not, for yeah. like down for diminishing Brock. So I wanted to give him his flowers yeah. up top. But CMC is amazing. And I I for one am tired of all this hand wringing about his touches and how much he should be playing. Let's just enjoy the fact that we have, in my opinion, which doesn't I didn't mean much, but in my opinion, we have the best back in the league. He is amazing. And every week he is amazing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it it is just <laughs> the superlatives are whatever you want to use as a superlative applies to him. He's a tough runner. He's a fast runner. He, you know, I love the fact that he d- doesn't want to come out of the game. Yeah. He wants to be in there and he, you know, we saw that at least I noticed that immediately last season. Anytime he'd come off the field, he'd have his helmet on and he'd standing there on the sideline, just, you know, just chomping at the bit to get back in there. Um, he's just a baller. He 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 is really just a football player, and it is a joy to watch him. And I think that Kyle is doing a good job of um spelling him and they they seem like th- that was a number they talked about way back in training camp was they had this number of 20 and they've done a pretty good job of keeping him 
around 20 carries. And that's fine. I mean, you know, it's I, seven I, receptions too. I mean, and that's, you know, I said, you know, not toot my own horn again, but I said that in training camp that he was going to be a cheat code for Brock in yeah. terms of dump offs and screens. And, you know, I mean, he's the best safety valve in the league. I mean, yeah. if it all fails, Brock can just, you know, let's just give it to Christian. And um, that is, you know, that's how you, um, and it, you know, he had a great game, but that's how you get 95% you know, a uh, uh, um, completion percentage. If, if you know, if all else fails, let's just chuck it to Christian. Yeah. And um, that's a you know, he doesn't drop it. Um, so no, yeah, I mean, it's just um, he is a, a remarkable player. And you know, was it thirteen straight games with a touchdown? He broke, broke Jerry, Jerry Rice's record. Anytime record. you break a Jerry Rice record, it's um, it's really noteworthy. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I uh, Shel- Shelvin is in the chat and he he wrote screw Mahomes. I was trying to figure out like what like why is he mad at Mahomes? Like is he just like he didn't he watched quarterback on Netflix and didn't like him? Or, <laughs> he's mad at Mahomes because Mahomes slid at the one yard line. Oh, and I'm sure Shelvin yeah. ha- had had the Chiefs with, with, mm-hmm. with the points there. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's why he was upset. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's talk a little bit about what you're saying about CMC because you said best running back in the league. I, I'm taking it a step further, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because if we look at the modern history of, of the 49ers now, I don't even know what modern history means anymore. I guess what you and I were able to see with our eyes. So we didn't get to see Joe the Jet Perry play football. Mm-mm. Um but we did get to see Roger Craig before mm-hmm. football. And I was thinking about this as far as most complete running back in 49ers history. I think CMC is on a short list and the guys that I had next to him uh, were Roger Craig and Frank Gore. Uh, you know, Gore was not going to catch the football like this, but Mm-mm. Gore is probably a, a better blocker um, than, oh, than CMC. So, you know, the, CMC's not really asked to, to do much of that. Uh, Ro- Roger Craig could literally do both, but uh, probably n- not as fast as as CMC. Uh, uh, Gore hit the hole a lot faster than Roger did too. Uh, so, but but those three guys, you know, for for our eyes, are probably the three standouts. And I, you know, on, if you want an honorable mention. Garrison Hurst is is pretty close yeah. to that yeah. level. When he was on, he was he was fantastic as well. And man, you know, CMC's only been here not even a full season yet, and we already have him on, on this list of like elite running backs in Forty Nine ers history, which tells you how good he is. Now, w- you know, you kind of have to step back, and and when you when you do a list like that, you know, we probably got to wait a couple years in order to, mm-hmm. to see who was actually, but. Man, 
Frank Gore and Roger Craig are on, you know, in the upper echelon of 49ers players in, in our lifetime. And I think CMC is right there with both of those guys. That's how much I praise this guy. And Frank Gore, if if I I have this rule where uh I, I don't buy a jersey of anybody who's who I am older than. I, mm-hmm. I have to buy a jersey of people who I want. I may, I, cheat a, well. I may cheat a little bit for Gore because I'm a few. I, I, I'm quite a few years older than Gore. Gore and Kaepernick. If I could find a Kaepernick jersey, yeah, those are the two guys. But other than that, I'd have to go Joe and Jerry and mm-hmm. Roger and Ronnie. Ronnie. Those are my guys. But mm-hmm. Frank, if if I could find myself a Frank Gore jersey and a Colin Kaepernick jersey, I might break my own rule. That's that's how highly I think of Frank. So for me to put CMC next to Frank. Uh, on a list like that, that shows you how much I, b- I believe in this dude. Frank is probably my favorite 49er. Um, I just really respect um, and um, admire what he did for those teams. And if I were right now, like you say, it's early because Christian has only been here. Um, I don't even think he's played a full he, I, he hasn't obviously he can't he couldn't have played a full 17 games so not even full season yet so we've got some time the only place i would give frank a um the advantage is kind of what led into this conversation is frank is the kind of dude that could get you 30 carries if you needed to feed the ball to frank if you wanted him to salt the game and you wanted to give him 30 carries he was durable enough to give them to you. I don't think you could use Christian the same way that you use Frank. I, I, I just, I, you know, they're just two different players in that way. But I do believe, like you said, that in terms of just an all around player already, Christian is probably that dude. I mean, obviously we have to see more, but um, there's, there's very little that he can't, do to impact the game and you know and that was you know the the things that he does let's be fair those guys weren't you know we you weren't having running backs line up as the x receiver or the slot receiver you know 20 years ago that just you know it wasn't the way offense was played um so he has that you know you can call it it's an advantage i guess but those guys, you know, Roger Craig was just never I don't I don't even I don't I don't know that he couldn't do it, but he certainly wasn't asked to do it. Um, and I think that 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 multiplicity, you know, as Sanchez talked about, the multiplicity of a lot of those guys, Debo, um, Juice, Kittle. Um, I don't I don't even know if his name came up today, but fourth know, he, he had the fourth down catch. I think that was it. Or, you know. Um, they are just so multiple in that way that um, anybody any week can be, you know, the star. And again, now we are 22 minutes into this podcast <laughs> and we haven't mentioned Brandon Ayuk, um, which, awesome. who just, I mean, you want to talk about a highlight reel of catches. I mean, what was it? I know it was like for 146. I, I was it. I think it's only six catches. Six for 146. It. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, in a game with so many um, really kind of eye popping stats. I mean, he 
might, you know, what I don't want to jump ahead. He wasn't my player of the game, but he easily could have been. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The the um and, and this is in a game where Debo was essentially the uh, highest paid decoy in, in the history of football. Yeah. The, and and I was kind of wondering, you know, why wasn't his number mentioned a little bit more? And it sounds like I, I forget where I read this, but the, the something about Shanahan said because he didn't practice and they were unsure that he was going to play. They just didn't really dial stuff up for him. Um, and which is kind of interesting to me because either that tells me that he wasn't a hundred percent or, or he was not the, the player that, that he needs to be in, in order for him to, to, to be Debo. Uh, so they decided to use him as a decoy just to move people to, to help free up Ayuk. Uh, and, and I guess that, you know, that, that could definitely be the case, but, uh, it just seemed like, you know, that they, they ran him six, uh, three times, I think. Um, w- I think one of them w- was a pretty good play, and then the other two, he didn't really go anywhere. But so Ayuk is the man, and you and you essentially don't have Debo, who's just out there to run routes. You didn't have Jennings. You saw a little bit of Ray Ray, Ray which Ray. was nice. Mm-hmm. Ray Ray played well. Uh, you saw a little bit of. Uh, of Ronnie Bell. I think he made one catch. BBD had one. And then Willie Sneed had a catch. I was like, man, I don't remember what that guy looked like. And he was out there mm-hmm. and he made a catch. So, you know, it's it's not like, uh, you know, to kind of get back to both Ayuk and Brock's performance, it's not like the passing game necessarily was 100% on point. They moved guys around and they utilized some of their their players and you know the plays were 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 great because the guys just seemed to be open. Um, Brock read through his, his progressions, but also the offensive line did a really good job because I I want to say he was sacked once, and I can remember one or two other occasions where maybe he had to rush a throw. It was on the incompletion where he definitely had to rush a throw. So like back to back plays, it was like the sack. And then the incompletion where he was probably in the most danger all game long. But other than that, you know, he, he was pretty, he was clean. Pocket was clean. I didn't feel like he, he was all that rushed. And that is compared to Dobbs, who he, he also only was sacked a couple of times. But, uh, but he was eating him up. He was throwing before he wanted to uh, a, a lot of the game. And it's, again, it's just props to him because he only had like nine incompletions all game long or something like that so he was finding his guys but i had made the comment in the chat i was like okay second half the 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 they're gonna get to him eventually and he's gonna start making some bad throws and it just never happened i mean he made you know he made a couple of throws that were questionable but nothing that you know what was was the the game changing interception or the kind of the interceptions that I was expecting. So shout out to him, but yeah, go back, back to the offensive line. I thought they also did an excellent job at the pass protection. And then the Niners were running at a nice clip as well. So, you know, that, that whole, the whole line that, that we've been, you know, pretty hard on when it comes to, when it came to the preseason and, you know, the first couple of games, like, okay, you know, if we're going to be critical, like there are some things here, they the Niners ran uh, thirty one for one twenty four, and Brock threw for uh, you know two eighty three. So 
just everything seemed to be very clean uh, on that offensive line. What's going to be interesting to me is, you know, the um, Cardinals went for 100 yards rushing, but I'm interested in the splits first half and second half because we really, in from my vantage point, we did a really good job of cleaning up um, the rush defense in the second half. Um, so I, I, I don't have the stats. Um, I'm not privy to the, the half stats, you know, what, what the rushing was first half, second half. Um, but it would be my guess that the majority of those hundred yards came in the first half. Um, and that might have to do also to do script wise, you know, once they're down by two scores, um, you know, the, the kind of the run game kind of goes out of the window, but yeah, I, I just, I, you know, the offensive line did a much better job. You know, he, he had that, you know, McKibbis had that real bad miss where my, my, my man was, was, was at 46, you know, really got him good. But then that dude actually got Trent too. Um, So, you know, but you know, to to all their credit, this is probably the weakest defensive line we played against. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, McKibbs has gotten progressively better. Which I mean, he he probably had his his worst matchup of the season. Um, you know, well, I, I'll say I won't say that because we do have Miles Garrett coming up <laughs> yeah. uh, and Micah. We got Micah this week <laughs> and then Miles Garrett on down the road. Yeah. Um, but TJ Watt is a monster. So that, that was why, you know, he gave up like five pressures in that game, but you know, I, I wasn't going to be too hard on him on that. Cause I mean, everybody TJ Watt's going to get everybody. Yeah. So, um, but then it, it was only if my, memory is right he only gave up three over the next two weeks um so he got you know remarkably better but you know again if we want to play devil's advocate he have we played against progressively worse team you know defensive lines because he's not going to face you know you're going to very rarely face somebody who is good as good as tj watt so you know subsequently it's gotten worse but then now this next week I'm sure McKibbis is going to see a whole lot of um, Micah. Um, so that's going to be – he's in for another tough week. I don't want to get too far into the Cowboys. But, um, yeah, he, he did a great job. I don't I don't remember – it's hard to track pressures, you know, hits, hurries. They You know, ESPN tracks the hits um, but and sacks, but hurries – is kind of a nebulous thing um, that I kind of rely on PFF. So it's going to be interesting to see how that worked. But um, Burford, I didn't see a whole lot, you know, coming into the game, he was sitting at 11, which was like tied for third most of guards in the league. Um, The kid in Carolina, I was just in my research, that dude has 24 pressures Mm. in three games which is just, I mean, that's got to be a record. Um, so he's not that bad. So, you know, he's not the worst guard in the league. Wow. Um, but 11 is a lot. Um, but is I don't that, Is that he, how Bryce Young got hurt, by the way? Uh, <laughs> I noticed he didn't play. I, I, I would have. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. But, yeah, so uh, I don't remember seeing any. So it'll be interesting to see the PFF numbers on 
that this week for the offensive line. But yes, um, um, first run through watching it live, it, it seemed like they did a really, really good job. Niner Gang wants us to talk a little bit about Brock, and I had a question for you because I wrote a little something for the website, bspnmedia.com, which was a little sort of a fun piece, just kind of making fun of this idea of Stephen Stephen Ruiz's ringer list. Uh, Stephen Ruiz's ringer list is going off of, you know, ranking the quarterbacks, but he's ranking them off of lots of talent things uh, rather than intangibles. And, you know, I know the idea of quarterback wins is is kind of overrated in the NFL, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he has Brock like as like the 28th, best quarterback in football or something like that. I forget the exact ranking, but it's like, oh yeah, Jimmy G's higher. Uh, CJ Stroud, who's actually balling right now, he was quite a bit higher. And so I was just kind of poking fun at that list. Uh, and, and not that Stephen Roos, you know, creating lists is all about the the reaction right, to those lists. Exactly. It's about content mm-hmm. and engagement. That's why you yep. do it. And, and so I said, you know, if we're comparing Brock to somebody, you know, the, the, the top comparison that you could make is uh, the fictional uh, Matt Saracen from Friday Night Lights. Like, that's the one where I look at Matt Saracen, I look at Brock, and I'm like, oh, they could have been the same person. But but to be, uh, you know, to, to sort not to not be tongue-in-cheek, uh, I did have some folks in uh, on our YouTube comments who threw out a couple of comparisons that they thought Brock could be and uh, you know we, we have to look at this as you know what is the ceiling for brock like if brock is what he has been for these uh you know these th- these he hasn't even played a full season either mm-hmm. you know if he is this for his career who who is that comparable to and the one that came out uh, a few different times was drew Brees, and i wanted to ask what you thought could brock be a Drew Brees level talent if he continues to play football the way that he's doing. Here's the thing. There's a couple of huge differences I see. One, Drew Brees would throw 40, 50 times a game. Yes. You know, yes. so I, I I don't know. I don't believe that Brock Purdy is that type of player. We talked earlier in our conversation about um I, I have tried to limit my talk about Brock to this season. And I say he is playing well, full stop. Okay. But if you want to talk about projecting into the future, those are, that's when I see problems. Like we talked about with Mahomes, Mahomes right now is playing with Travis Kelsey and a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it. Jarek McKinnon looks former, like former niner. Jarek McKinnon is is in that third down offense. Yeah, um, Pacheco looks like he might be a player, but he is still unproven. Kadarius Tony is just a dude uh, until proven otherwise. Sky Moore might be something, but again, he is. You know, they've cobbled together an offense, and that's what you have to do when you're paying your quarterback fifty million dollars, and that is. Number one, um, my one of my favorite rappers, Karish, when I talked about with rappers, um, what separates the pro from the amateur is stamina, not how long you can rhyme, but how long you've been rhyming. So, what applying that to the quarterback? That's the next step: is how long he can do this. Can he do this consistently? And you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games is not 
a, a sample size. I the the example I continue to bring up is you remember how not too long ago a guy played 17 games and all of a sudden he was number 85 on the top 100 list. And you know if you saw any of that Cowboy Patriots game, you know, <laughs> Mac Jones is not the 85 best player in the league. Um, so again, and that's what happens when you try to I, I don't understand the rush to judgment why do we want to um do that you know there was a a, a beautiful article about javon kinlaw you know remember he's just a bust i mean we've we've been busting him for the past however long um you know growth and development health growth and development aren't one size fits all it takes some people longer um, Brock has came in and he's played well quickly and that's great. But, you know, I just want to reserve judgment. I give him credit for what he's doing now, but you're not going, you know, we start, you start trying to, you know, shoehorn him into the Mahomes, um, Herbert, um, top of the league conversation. I'm going to be forced to push back because I just don't think he's doing the same things those guys are. And I've got questions on whether or not once we get to the place where, you know, you're going to have to make a decision on is Brock, you know, well, we're talking about three or four down years down the road. What is when it's time for him to, to get his money is Brock a 40 or $50 million quarterback. I would have a hard time with that contract. But if he continues to play like this, he's going to be deserving deserving of that kind of money. And then what happens? What happens when, you know, we kind of found out when you're paying Jimmy Garoppolo $25, 30000000 million, the expectation— you're, you're, you're looking for a reason to not pay him that much right. money and right. to you had a Karis one quote Karis one also said do you ever think about when you're out of here and <laughs> and and that that's re- like if you like and we can go back to cap right they paid cap and the day after he signed that contract they were looking for a way to, to get out of it <laughs> right and and same right. with Jimmy G they paid him all that money and they're like okay either we go to the Super Bowl, or you know, we're, we're we're figuring out how to how to get away from this, and and you know, he he was seemingly frustrated uh, uh, with that as well. But that's kind of the game. So yeah. I, I wanted to go through the NFC QBs and look at who's in the NFC and who you would take over Brock right now. Obviously, you're, you're giving this QB. The, the riches that is the the 49ers offense um and Shanahan uh obviously you take Hertz no no doubt about it Hertz you you would absolutely 100% take him over uh, over Brock uh Dak mm-hmm. D- Dak would probably be okay uh he'd probably be similar I I, I like uh I, he he's he's got a little bit of a bigger arm. Uh, I think he makes more mistakes in this offense than Brock would. Comparable guys, probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's hard to 
extrapolate, but I would definitely, the thing that I have fallen back on is no, um, comparatively, I wouldn't take any of these guys over Brock when you compare it to the amount of money Brock is making versus what, you know, what Dak is making, you know, we're paying Brock like seven, you know, $700,000. So, which allows for, you know, the, the, the embarrassment of riches at all of these other positions is, you know, is based on the fact that we're not paying the quarterback anything. So we can have the highest paid um, running back in the league. We, I, I don't think Kittle is the highest paid tight end anymore. I think that's Kelsey, but um, you know, there was a time when he was the highest paid, um, you know, and Debo is right there at the top of the wide receiver market. Um, and it just goes on the, the fact that we have a cheap quarterback um, allows us, you know, to build a roster the way we do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when I look at, when I look at, um, at Brock, there aren't, I guess there aren't very many. When you, when you say in the NFC, like right now, definitely, like you say, um, definitely hurts. Um, who else? So I guess I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go through these really quickly, and and mm-hmm. you tell me where you disagree. So uh, Sam Howell with Washington, I'd rather have Brock. Uh, Daniel Jones, I'd rather mm-hmm. have Brock in our system. In in a different system, you may want Jones's athleticism, but in our system, uh, I I want Brock's accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jordan Love, Jordan Love is, is is a really interesting prospect. He's, he's pretty good. He yeah. is pretty good. Um, I guess I'd still take Brock, but I mean, long term, I don't know because you know Jordan Love, although he does not do a lot with his athleticism he has it um and i just you know i guess that's my bias is i like i like toolsy guys yeah um you know and he's just i i i don't i'm like super uncomfortable with the fact you know we kind of did that thought exercise I, i believe it was last week or the week before and if i had my druthers Brock would move more, but then we kind of sussed it out that we probably don't want to put him in a position yeah, where yeah, he's, he's running a small around dude. too much because he's a small <clears throat> dude and he's like all we've got. And I don't believe that Shanahan believes like some people think that like somehow Sam Darnold <laughs> is like the um you know, he's like the holy grail of football somehow, and that that he see you know you the. The, the message boards have said that um you know he secretly wants um <laughs> Sam Darnold to be <laughs> a quarterback which I think is ridiculous but um yeah so I just would like I like theoretically the idea of what a mobile quarterback brings to this offense but I understand the reality of the situation is you don't want to put Brock in that place. And I get that, you know, so, but yeah, it's, it, it, it starts to fall off fast in terms of guys who like, for example, somebody like Justin Fields, 
Brock is being is way more productive than what Justin Fields is. But when you look at the talent of Justin Fields, to me, there's no comparison. I mean, he he's got everything you want in a player, but Brock is more. I I freely admit Brock is a more productive player yes. than. But the if I want to play devil's advocate, if you put Justin Fields in this offense and you put Brock in that Chicago Bears offense, I don't think Brock is, you know, not, you know, he hasn't lost a start if he's played 11 games with that outfit. I yeah. just, you know, I, you know, I just, I don't think that's the case. And I don't think that, you know, Justin Fields is as bad as he's been if Kyle Shanahan is his coach, I, you know, uh, Jared Goff, uh, Jared Goff's actually playing pretty well right now. Really well. Um, he, you know, he is much better than he was, um, when he took the Rams to the Super Bowl. So I've, I've, I've actually watched quite a bit of Detroit Lions football and, I have always thought that they were kind of looking to replace Jared Goff, but I don't know that that's the case anymore. I think they, I think he's their quarterback. Uh, We've learned some stuff about Goff in that, in that podcast uh, on the athletic, uh, uh, basically that, you know, his his head coach was telling him where to throw uh, on a lot of these things. You know, if this guy's not open, then, then you're going to do this. And if this guy, then you're going to do this. So he didn't really have to think now I'm sure he's much better now, but I think, um, I think Shanahan would probably uh, have issues with Goff uh, more so than, than he does with Brock Um, going down the line. Uh, cousins. I mean, Brock is cousins without be having to be cousins, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Fields. Uh, in this offense, I like Brock better yeah. than Fields, mm-hmm. but Fields is F- Fields needs somewhere else to go. Who who's actually gonna take care of him and and treat him like the uh the possible uh, superstar that he could be. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I mean, that's on, that. That's yeah. not that's not a hard one. Uh, Desmond Ritter mm-hmm. uh, to Rock. pass to pass the football. No, I <laughs> Give mean, me he, Rock. yeah. Uh, Derek Carr. I, I'll take Brock, though. Mm-hmm. I think Derek Carr could probably he, be he okay in our here. offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Young. Who knows? He, I mean, yeah. he's probably going to be. A, a pretty decent player, but but he he brings the he he's 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 a similar, you know it's yeah I he's probably more talented than Brock is, but he is he's smaller than Brock, which yeah. is yeah really really concern concerning to me, um because I think Brock size is an issue, and I just can't I couldn't imagine having a quarterback smaller than Brock. Yes, and then to finish off this uh, this exercise here. Uh, Gino, Gino could probably do a pretty good job in the 49ers yeah. offense, but yeah. uh, you know, I, that that's, that's pretty close. Uh, and then Stafford, if we had the Stafford from two years ago, I think we'd win the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. I don't know about now. That though. guy, you know, that guy is so, even now he is so good. Yeah. He, I mean, he, you know, it, it was really lost on how good he was, you know, in Detroit. But um, 
he can, you know, even in our game, I mean, that dude, if you don't pressure him, he will, you know, <laughs> he'll pick you apart. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he's got, you know, he has elite arm talent, even as a, what, 35, 36-year-old. He can really spin it. Um, but, you know, so, yeah, you know, I, I'm of, of, um, so if it was if I if I had one game to win, and you told me I could have Brock Purdy or Matt Stafford, I probably would take Matt Stafford honestly. Um, but it's close, it's yeah. close. But yeah. I I I am you know is with all the reservations I have about Brock, I am one hundred percent confident that we can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as our quarterback. I I, I have no doubt that um. That uh, I there's nothing that I have seen so far from him that has me concerned other than health, obviously. But that's everybody. Anybody could, you know, all all quarterbacks are one play away. Um, so other than that, with this particular team, I don't know about with every team, but with this team that is as it is currently constructed, Brock absolutely. Um, I have, I am what, if, if we get there, I would be 100% confident that, um, he can help carry us over the, um, finish line. And then the last team Cardinals, Josh Dobbs. I wish we would add Josh Dobbs against Philadelphia last year. He might've been I'm able telling to you what, if he, as a backup, he would have been <laughs> awesome. And then, uh, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, he and Shanahan might actually fight on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. It, it wouldn't be a bad, it wouldn't be a good matchup for both yeah. those guys. Though Kyler, you know, Kyler will be back. I wonder if there's going to be and again, that's uh, another he's another elite talent. I yeah. Mean, well, well, he did he he probably also needs a new setting and someone to coach him uh probably a little harder than than he's been coached in the past, but th- there's there's stuff there to unlock as long as he it still wants it because he, I just think tough. Atlanta is just it. It just seems tailor made to me for me to him. Um, I but like you say, that's the part that you just can't. You know, it's concerning. I mean, your quarterback can't. You know, spend fourteen hours a day playing video games. I mean, this, <laughs> this game is just too hard to not. You know, I don't know that you necessarily have to be like Peyton in terms of like yeah. film study and whatnot. I don't know that it takes all that, but there has to be when it's time to work, you have to really come to work. And, you know, people, have, you know, anytime you start talking about having to put work in, you know, doing your job, put, putting it in, in your contract, <laughs> it, you know, that it that's that, that is a horrible sign. But again, I tend to uh, i'm an apologist if you ain't figured it out i am a i am pro player and i'm a player apologist oh yeah and if you tell me that a 21 year old or 22 year old has work ethic problems (laughs) i'm not gonna pitch him into the garbage can i don't know what you know if i'm honest i don't really know what my work ethic was you know, comparatively, oh, yeah. I'm sure it was horrible compared if you were to compare 50 year old me to 21 year old me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's night and day. You know, I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'll be complete. I'm going to be completely transparent here. I used to ball out at work when I was at work. 
but I called out all the time. <laughs> I was late a lot because I figured, you know, you know, once I got there, I was on point, but it, yeah. it never occurred to me that part of being a good teammate is being there on time. Yeah. When I got there, you know, I knew I was going to do my job and I was going to do, but you know, I I stop at Starbucks I get <laughs> coffee before you know it was just it getting there on time just wasn't really important to me and nobody held me accountable because I yeah. did my job um nobody I never got a write up for you know but I, I was late all the time <laughs> but um yeah but I understand you know it it took me till I was about thirty to when I started to realize oh and, and you know being a supervisor helped and like oh it is important yeah. to be here on time for your other teammates. It's not just about you getting your work done. It's about being there to be supportive of, you know, and just, you know, carrying the flag. I mean, if all these other people, you know, have trouble with themselves to get here on time, maybe you too could, um, <laughs> you know, leave 15 minutes early to get your Starbucks and be here on time. Yeah, it yeah. took, nine years in the workforce for me to understand it. So I'm very understanding that these dudes are young dudes and that who he is at 21, 22, 23 is probably not who he's going to be at 28, 29 and 30. But I also understand from an organizational standpoint that, you know, I'm dealing with the 24, the 23, 24 year old guy and he's a problem. And I might not want that problem, even as talented as he is. I might not want that problem with my team. I get that. Yeah. Well, what happens is, as you when you get a little bit older, you you get some adversity. You you figure out you you solution. You have better solutions. You think through things, and you just multitask a lot better mm -hmm. when, when you get older. He um, didn't care. I mean, video games are the probably <laughs> thing to most twenty-two-year-olds. You know, I, I get that. Call All right, is, is fresh. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's get to the MVP. I think we're both gonna have the same MVP, uh, unless you uh, you're you're going either a CMC or Ayuk. But man, I, very rarely does someone score four touchdowns in yeah. one game, and I think he has to be my guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you look at from a numbers standpoint or from a, um, you know, you always talk about his gravity. I don't even think this was his best game. It was just he, he just the opportunities that he had. He was able to put it in the end zone. It's CMC. Uh, he probably had, you know, a, I, this this may actually have been like maybe his third best game uh, of mm -hmm. the season, actually. But I mean, to put the ball in the end zone four times and to break Jerry Rice's team record. We didn't mention Brock Purdy also set a team record for completion percentage. I think um, I think Steve Young and Alex Smith had games where they had one incompletion, but they had less attempts. So just mm -hmm. by small percentage points, Brock Purdy is now now has that record as well. But yeah, for me, it's CMC. I, I think the he yeah. he he it. Not only is he the most uh, important player on the 49ers offense right now, he might be the MVP right now of the whole football. Of the league. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it is no slight on Brock, but honestly, he would be my third honorable mention because if it wasn't CMC for me, it would have definitely been Ayuk. He, I mean, we haven't really talked about him much, but his performance was 
stunning. It was really, really, it was a great performance. Um, and Brock's was historic. So, you know, it was just, it, you know, him not being the player of the game or my second honorable mention is no slight of him. It, it really is just how I am, how impressed I was with both CMC and Ayuk. Um, you know, they, it was, you know, anytime for me, anytime you break a Jerry Rice record, you know, that, um, because they are, you know, he literally set, has set the standard for records in a way that like, you know, I grew up, you know, and you did too. I grew up a Warriors fan and anytime anything special would happen, I'd be like, Oh, is that a record? And then you go look and it's like, Oh, it's Will. I mean, yeah. So it's kind of, and Jerry Rice is kind of like that, that kind of thing, you know, in our record book, anytime you think something special has, has happened, you know, Oh, Oh, you know, that's, that's Jerry. (laughs) Jerry's got that record. Um, So yeah, anytime you can supplant, Jerry Rice on you know at the top of any 49er list that is um that you know that's that's at you're you're operating at the the elite level of the the of the history of the franchise this is a little bit off tangent actually a lot off tangent but did you see Aaron Rodgers today at the at the game mm-hmm. I did so this dude tears his his Achilles and he is in a walking boot and he's on crutches, but he's kind of not even really using the crutch. It's like lean, not leaning too heavy on the crutches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I see, I see that video. And then he's a very concerned uh, person. I don't, he was sitting in a box or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. I was like, wow. You know, he, he really is cares about this team. This is, you know, this is New York. He's supposed to be the guy. He's got to be, you know. Hopefully, he's talking to Zach as well because Zach actually played pretty well. He he made the one yeah. stupid mistake mm-hmm. at the end that kind of caused their their opportunity to to have a chance. But then I realized I was like, oh, now I know why Aaron Rodgers was showing up and very much on camera. He didn't want Taylor to show him up in his own city. <laughs> That's why he was front and center. Because Taylor Swift, what brought she and uh, was it Hugh Jackman and Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds like the stars were out there tonight, mm-hmm. and, and and Taylor and Travis Kelsey's mom, they they were kind of the the shine the stars shining, and Rogers was like, man, I cannot let them outdo me. I got to be up in there. So <laughs> that, that, that was that was my thought on Rogers. That so, so, mustache too. Yeah. So you know, so I guess you want. Will he be there next week? <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, it's not going to be Sunday night football, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to, you know, it'd be some random game that's not, <laughs> not, not all the eyeballs. Taylor Smith, Taylor Smith won't be there. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about Dallas. So Dallas bounces back in a very big way uh, by beating the, the the Patriots. So much so that uh, poor Mac, they they took him out for uh what, what what's the zappy. backup zappy <laughs> they took him out for zappy and gosh that there was just terrible decisions by mac and you see the they, they showed the the clip of belichick bringing his hand all the way down his own face and <laughs> it was just he's just like man i 
you know, I should retire. We're not going to be, you know, it was it was almost like I, I'm I, never going to catch Shula at this rate. I, I didn't even think Shula. I thought when he put the hand down his face and pulled it down, it was just like. Tom, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> never taken you for granted. <laughs> you know, just that that's kind of what I was like. Because when you have someone like Brady, you literally don't have to worry about bonehead mistakes or mistakes that are sort of outside your talent level. Like Tom is gonna maximize his ability at every opportunity, and Mac Jones is still getting his feet wet on stuff, even though he's had, you know, he's had over 30 NFL starts, I think. Yeah. And so he may just be who he is. Yeah. But, I but mean, Bill, I just awesome. saw Bill going like, man, I could have retired with, you know, when, when, when Tom left and we would have been on top and that whole thing. But, you know, it's just kind of, yeah. fr- I'm sure it's frustrating for them, but hell, they, they won so many damn Super Bowls. Uh, they, they can, they can lose a few times here, but uh, Cowboys 38 to three over the Patriots. So, I'm sure the NFL was very happy. They're probably really bummed out when the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals last week, but you know, they got a little bit of a, of a comeback here with, with the blowout of the Patriots. Uh, and we head into Sunday night football four, no Niners three and one Cowboys. This game is probably going to do like the highest audience in X, Y, Z timeframe. There's just, there's going to be so much national coverage of this, uh, of this game, you know, maybe like, I don't know for for I can't think of a week five game that is going to be just as crazy as this one. And I I think the Cowboys are they the the thing about the Cowboys and and similarly to the 49ers is the Cowboys have just been in the position of having so many of these primetime games that they're not going to get flustered with this kind of thing. Uh, I know that we are at home, which is, which is good. I think uh, Dak probably uh, has nightmares about the 49ers defense over the last couple years, though. There's a little bit of a kind of a revenge factor there for him too. I think this is going to be an excellent game. I think Dallas is going to come out swinging. And I think this is going to be the first real competition uh, for the Niners in this young season. This is the game where, I think we're going to learn a lot about the team on both sides of the ball. I think, I think their offense when it's clicking can provide, present challenges to us in a way their, 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 um, their offensive line is good. Um, Pollard is a, is a decent back. Um, I really like their receivers. Um, I just I just think that they they can ask us questions that other teams just simply can't um yeah. I ask our defense and then on the flip side Michael Parsons is a monster um he is a you know he's right up there in that handful of elite defenders that Nick is in that class TJ Watt is in that class Miles Garrett is up there um he is a game wrecker. Um, you have to figure out where he is and what you're going to do to um, stop him from wrecking your offense. Um, it, it sucks for them that Diggs is not there on the back end as a playmaker, 
but they have a lot of um, Dexter Lawrence is good. I haven't really um, studied the Cowboys, but you know, you just pick it up by osmosis. If you watch any kind of sports um, television, you know, cause it's, you know, the Cowboys are just, you know, they are, you know, people talk about why the Cowboys and they aren't America's team and blah, blah, blah. But guess what, man, <laughs> you know, the Cowboys have a large following. And then also, if you go to any fan bases, any fan bases, social media, you're going to see posts about that team. And then you're going to be seeing posts about shitting on the Cowboys. So the Cowboys are like everybody's, you know, either they're your favorite team or everybody hates them. Nobody is is um, on the fence about the Cowboys, which is why ESPN and Fox have segments on them all the time because nobody turns the TV off when you're, they're talking about the Cowboys because either you are there to hear about it or you're there to say F them. So th- th- that is the Cowboys. And I just, I am really excited um, for this. This is like, you know, this is what, you know, what I forget who it is. I think it's um, Van Pelt or some one of those an- analysts talk, talk about those being, um, being um lighthouse games you know where you 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 see where you're at um with this opponent i think this is one of those games you know we're now one of the only two unbeaten teams and that's that's pretty exciting and this is i think this is you know really our first test of the season so we'll see how we um how we fare i'm glad that i i love the fact that it's at home um and it's you know a primetime game. This is going to be you know this is exciting. Now the one thing is there's going to be Cowboys fans in in the stadium. Uh, I looked this was I looked a couple weeks ago to see what ticket prices were like. This game was like three x the average of the other games that were uh, that that you know the, the regular games. Mm-hmm. So you know Bay Area fans. Sometimes, you know, Silicon Valley and these tech folks, they're kind of thinking with their head a little bit mm-hmm. like, oh, I can sell this Wait a minute. Yeah. one <laughs> ticket and pay for my entire season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these cowboys, these crazy cowboy fans are just they, they're just willing to pay that much money. So we may see some some Cowboys fans. Uh, what I'm hoping, though, is instead, because if you have the choice to have either a Niner fan or a Cowboy fan, obviously you have a Niner fan. But if the cowboy, you have the choice of a cowboy fan or like someone who works at Apple who only knows football because their friend told them, if you want to be on TV, this is the game to go to. Maybe those Apple folks will buy some of those tickets from the Bay Area, from the hardcore Niner fans. So we don't see some of those Dallas fans in the stadium. Yeah. But like that, that's that's essentially who's uh, uh, courtside at Warriors games these days. Mm-hmm. It's just like <laughs> these Apple executives yeah. who just got more money than. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, th- this is an e- this will be an excellent test. I think it'll be a good game. There's going to be a lot of hoopla. Niners Cowboys is still one of the biggest uh, rivalries in the sport. So it's great. It's it's perfect programming for uh, NBC. I get to hear Collinsworth and and Tariko on on this game. And you know, I think this is a <coughs> great test for uh, a, a lot of a lot of what we just talked about, but. 
kind of want to see Brock in, in those bright lights. And I, I want to see how he deals now. He last year, uh, you know, there's the game against Seattle. I think it was a Thursday night game where he had the messed up ribs and he played really, really well. But Seattle and Niners is, is great on a Thursday night. And you got the Amazon audience. This is like his, this is a historic rivalry in prime time. You know, they're going to play all of the, the whole world's watching. Stuff. They're going to play the 70s stuff. They're going to play Montana and the catch. They're going to play uh, Steve Young to Jerry Rice, uh, you know, that stuff. So this is going to be a big deal. And, and Brock is going to probably have more, just more light bulbs and cameras and requests and pull for, you know, can can we get, you know, can we get an interview? Like this, this is going to be bigger than anything that he's dealt with. So I, I want to, I'm very much looking forward to how he handles this. I am beyond impressed with um how he has handled all of this. And I, I love, you know, I don't really, I'm going to be honest. I don't really spend a whole lot of time watching athlete interviews anymore because anymore they don't say anything exactly exactly but i really love the way he carries himself on the field he is in command and you can see i mean he just oozes with confidence and i just i love watching him play um and what I, about what I, about the quarterback sneak where he's just smiling wide because he knows he got in and Juice Check didn't get in the play? Before. What what was Juice doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over the. <laughs> oh yeah, that was um, that was that was great. That was great. I love to see those dudes. I mean, it's 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 business and they're working, but I love it to see them. You know having fun and, you know, enjoying themselves, you know, that's because, I mean, ultimately it's a business, but it's also a game. Yep. And um, yeah. So yeah, I love, I love that aspect of it. So we will be back on a Sunday night after it's going to be another late one for us, another late one, but, uh, but yeah, it'll be a little bit earlier than, than we recorded yeah. tonight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, that's it from here. Uh, I will, try and do uh, another sort of midweek check-in which is more of a podcast than, than a video show uh for for this for the youtube but uh if you if you subscribe to the podcast feed you'll probably hear a, a sort of a midweek check-in uh and you know there's gonna be a lot of information on this game the reason why i didn't do one until friday uh, of this past game is because there's literally no information about the Arizona Cardinals out there that I could really find as far as what was going on with the team injuries, anything that's going to be a lot different this week. So there'll be lots of Cowboys Niners stuff. So, uh, all right, we will be back after Cowboys Niners on Sunday night football for Rod. I'm double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.